Good morning. And if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Mark's Gospel. And we're going to read from uh, chapter 13, starting at verse 14. So that's Mark's Gospel, chapter 13, starting at verse 14. When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it doesn't belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter, because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning. When God created the world until now, and never be equaled again, If the Lord hadn't cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or look, here he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect. That were possible. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds and the ends of the earth to the ends of all the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you will know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when all time will, all that time will come. It is like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the cock crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your word, and we just pray that you will just guide us through these difficult passages that we might understand enough for us to know and to trust in you and in your word and to thank you for who you are. Father, we ask now that you just lead us by the power of your Holy Spirit as we come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Mark chapter 13, it's not an easy passage and Jesus is preparing the disciples for the troubled times ahead. Some of them, they will experience in their lifetime. We looked at that in verses 1 through to 13 last week. 
And Jesus was not only preparing them, he was also preparing all who would follow after them. And that includes us today. So we too must take notice of what Jesus said. So let's just remind ourselves of that little bit in Mark chapter 13, verse 5. Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. These are the introductory words of Jesus as he describes what lies ahead for all who will follow him. And that is the first thing to do. Watch out that no one deceives you. This is very important. Up until the death of Jesus, the Jewish nation was under the Mosaic law. The change was coming. This change had been foreseen by the Old Testament prophets. And the final preparation was brought by John the Baptist as he heralded the new dispensation. And the end of the old dispensation was confirmed by God when he ripped the veil of the temple from top to bottom. Jesus is telling them that the temple would be destroyed completely and 40 years later it would happen. These are the signs of the end of the Jewish dispensation. And some of these things would take place within the lifetime of some of the people who Jesus was speaking to at this time. What Jesus is saying here extends beyond the time of the destruction of the temple. He tells of things that will happen in our day and on into the final days when Jesus will return in glory. And as I mentioned last week, the ultimate truth is that if Jesus said it will happen, then it will happen. Even if we don't always know in what order these things are going to happen, but they will happen. So we need to keep this in mind as we continue. So let's go to uh, verse 14 through to 19. I've headed this bit, went to escape from Judea. Jesus is at this point speaking to the people of his day about the imminent danger that they are in. He's told them that the temple will be destroyed. He hasn't actually told them it will be in 40 years time, but he's told them it will happen soon. And in verse 13 and 14, we read this. Uh, chapter 13, verse 14. When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. So I want us at this point just to go to Matthew's Gospel and Matthew and Luke both record this same incident here. And in Matthew's Gospel, remember he's speaking and he's writing with Jewish people in mind. And he says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 15, So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Notice the difference here that Matthew mentions. Take note of what Daniel said. And we find that in Daniel chapter 9, verse 20 through to 27. Now, if you get a chance, read through that because it's relevant to what we're doing this morning. But let's also listen to what Luke says in Luke chapter 21, verse 20. He said this, When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Now, 
Luke is speaking with the Gentiles in mind, and the temple will be destroyed. And prior to that destruction, Jerusalem would be surrounded by the Roman army, and they would move into the city, and they will eventually destroy the temple. So these are the signs. The signs for them is the abomination that causes desolation. What does this mean? Well, history can tell us. There's uh, Antichrist Epiphanes desecrated the temple, the Jewish temple, in 168 BC. And he did it by putting a pagan altar to Zeus into the temple. And this was seen as an abomination that caused desolation. He desecrated the temple. There was a time when Caligula, and again this is in history, tried to have a statue of himself put in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. Uh, And this was actually in AD 40. This was before the temple was destroyed, obviously. Uh, This would have been an abomination if it would have happened. But at that time, it was stopped. Now, the Roman general Titus would destroy the temple, and that would be in AD 70, 40 years after Jesus had told him about this and this was the abomination that caused desolation now Josephus the Jewish historian he was involved in this and he saw it he actually was there at the time and he in his writings said that this is the fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy now the words of Jesus as we they go beyond this and they go into the future and as we are also called to look out for an abomination that causes desolation these are warnings about the future for the one who is called the Antichrist who will be an abomination that causes desolation so we are to look out for these things as well and At this point, Jesus was warning those who would be in Jerusalem that when they saw the signs of the destruction of the temple, he told them to flee. And we read about that in verses 15 through to 19. Let no one on the housetop go down to enter the house or take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter because those will be days of distress, unequal from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. So here, history tells us that many Christians were looking for these signs. They saw the signs, and when they saw the signs, the the Roman army gathering and the the rumours of war and the uprising that was about to happen when the Jews were going to challenge the Roman authorities, when they saw these signs, they fled as Jesus had warned them to do, and they left Jerusalem, and they avoided the consequences of the fall of the city and the destruction of the temple. A lesson for us here is that While we should call upon God to help us, we must at the same time be careful not to ignore the things that he has given us. And sometimes the advice is, as it would have been to these people, I have told you the danger. Now when you see it, use your legs and get out of there. We can expand that to other areas where, you know, it's no good just 
sitting round and waiting. Yes, pray to God and bring these troubled times before him but we don't sit around just waiting we see the things that God has provided for us to take advantage of it could be even a situation where we are ill and in that case we can pray to God about it but you know God has provided medical help and we are to take that as well so we don't just sit around waiting the warning here is also for us let's go to verse 20 and verse 23 If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or look, here he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So be on your guard, I have told you everything in advance. These words of Jesus, as we have seen, go beyond the destruction of the temple. And now he's speaking to us in our day. And here we have almost a repeat of the words spoken in verse 5 and 6 of this chapter 13, when Jesus is speaking directly to the disciples and those around him. And Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am here, and will deceive many. So again, it's repeated, showing the importance of this. Who are the elect? The elect are the people of God. What are we called to do? Be on your guard, be alert, be watchful, be ready. Ready for what? Well, more importantly, we are to be ready for who? Verse 24 through to 27 But in those days following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. This is all about the second coming of Jesus. Now let's just think of the people of Old Testament times. They were told of the coming of the Messiah. And although the signs were there, they didn't expect him to come as a newborn baby and in Bethlehem, even though the prophets had said that this was how it would be. God's word is true. Now the ultimate truth is that if God said it, it would happen then it did happen, even if they didn't always know in what order those things would happen. But they did happen. The Messiah came, not as they expected, but he came as a baby born in a manger. And they, in their day, were not ready. The question is, for us today, is are we ready for when he comes again? That's something for us to think about and take to heart. Let's go on through our passage and read verse 28 through to 32. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near 
right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now, Jesus is speaking to us here in our generation, in our time. And the parable is the parable of a fig tree. And a fig tree, that is a plant that will show signs of the fruit quite early on before the fruit actually matures and is ripe to be picked. But the signs are there that it will happen. Verse 32. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now the fact that we know that Jesus will return, but we do not know when, this has been a blessing to Christians down the centuries because it is the not knowing that will keep us alert. We don't know when it will happen. We know that it will happen. And because of that not knowing, we, in our lifetime, will be alert and be ready and be watching as Christians have done down the ages. And if the Lord dwells, is coming and, and doesn't come in our lifetime then others will wait like we are waiting now and they will be called to be ready let's go to verse 33 through the 34 be on guard be alert you do not know when that time will come it's like a man going away he leaves his house and puts his servants in charge each with their assigned task and tells the one at the door to keep watch this is the second parable and this is speaking about those in the house. In this parable, or in the parable of the fig tree, the call was to be watchful and alert. Here the instruction is that to keep watching, keep alert, because it is assigned as a task. And that task will require efforts, and the effort needs to come from us. You might ask, as many have done, how did Jesus not know the hour that it would happen? He's God, yes? Well, let's just consider this for a moment as we draw towards the end of our passage. God the Father knows the hour. Jesus the Son did not know the hour. We cannot understand this because we cannot under the, understand the complexities of the Godhead. We know that by his divine will, that information was kept from his humanity. It was kept from his human understanding. Just as Jesus, just as Jesus had chosen to feel pain, he'd chosen to know what it was to be weary, to be hungry, be thirsty. And he chose that in his humanity he would not know the hour of his return. Now, I don't fully understand it. None of us do. And it's for this simple reason that we don't understand the full nature of the Godhead. But I'll tell you something. I believe that even though I cannot explain it no more than I can explain every detail of this passage that we have been looking at. I know this. God's words are true. The ultimate truth is that if God
God said it will happen, then it will happen. Even if we don't always know in what order these things will happen, but they will happen. What else did we hear in this passage? Heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will never pass away. What do we need to do? Well, verse 35 through to 37. Therefore keep watch. Why? Because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back. Whether in the evening or at midnight. Or when the cock crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone. Watch. So, as we draw to a close now. What do we need to do as Christians? We need to watch. Watch for his second coming. Watch for the signs. We need to wait. To wait is not just standing around. It involves work. And as we watch, as we wait, as we work, we walk in his ways. I want these uh, difficult verses to be an encouragement to us. If you get the opportunity, read Daniel chapter 9, verse 20 and 27. I didn't read it out this morning because uh, there are other things to go through and there's so much here. But let me just finish with as many verses I could finish with. But let's just draw your attention to Paul when he wrote to the Philippians in chapter 3, verse 20 and, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. This is what he said. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. You know, I don't understand all the ins and outs, all the timings, for I believe the words that he spoke and I trust in them as we should this morning. So let us do that and let us do it joyfully. Even as we go through this coronavirus situation, I don't understand why it's happening. I don't understand what the future will be, but I know the final future will, future, <laughs> the final future will be this as citizens or as our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And I think this morning we can all say amen to that. And may, may we be blessed and may God be glorified through this short time that we have spent around his word. May God bless us, and we can all say amen to that. Amen.